Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. New York City has just announced that New Year's Eve will take place, Times Square, if you're vaccinated and have proof of it. Otherwise, you won't be allowed to walk on the streets of Times Square or something. No idea how they plan on doing this, but holy crap, it's Bill de Blasio going out with a bang. A big, fat, fascist bang. Which I'm sure if, if you go to that website, fascist bang, you'll see something you don't want to see. I got to assume, don't do it. And if you are going to do it, do it on a co-worker's laptop. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. The, the, the older we get, the more insanity we see on COVID. These people just don't know how to be rational. The pandemic is over. I have declared it. It's a virus that's going to be with us forever. The end. And everything else is insane. These people, these angry, awful, horrible, terrible people who want to keep you and me and we and themselves living in fear. What a valueless proposition. Almost as valueless as the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. <laughs> Had to set up the laugh, people. Otherwise, the whole joke would just go straight to, you know, straight to, you know. Kamala Harris is a problem. And yesterday, I shared with you that a tweet went out regarding Kamala Harris from the White House press secretary. And the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, who spends her days and nights and weekends trying to talk up the vice president, had put out this tweet that, you know, the vice president is doing very, very important work. Kamala Harris is doing very important work for the administration, and she she is a trusted partner. You better believe it. She is a trusted partner of Joe Biden. There are a few reports from over the weekend that the vice president is unhappy. Can she expect the president's automatic endorsement if she decides to run herself in either 2024 or 2028? Well, first of all, the president selected the vice president because uh, to serve as his running mate because he felt she was exactly the person he wanted to have by his side to govern the country. She's a key partner. She's a bold leader. And she is somebody who has taken on incredibly important assignments. And failed every single one of them. Taking on an assignment should usually mean succeeding in an assignment. And she has not succeeded in any assignments. From the hearing with the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, here's Senator John Kennedy. Vice President Harris, our borders are. What kind of grade would you give her? Vice President um, Harris is not the borders are. Vice President Harris has been uh, asked by the President of the United States to focus on root causes. Okay, let me answer this quickly in my last few seconds. When was the last time you talked to her about... about uh, secure in the border. Several weeks ago. Okay. Thank you. There you go. 
The good old several weeks ago line. If the man had more time, would be like, hey, so what'd you talk about? What'd she tell you? What advice did she give you? What does she know? She's not the border czar. Okay. She's only in charge of root causes. Whatever you say. That isn't what you told America. But this tweet from Kamala Harris talking up, I'm sorry, this tweet from Jen Psaki talking up Kamala Harris, I talked about it yesterday. What I guess I did not know was where that tweet comes from. It was a weird tweet going out on a, a late at night, on a Sunday night. It went out late on a Sunday night at 9.20 p.m., and I even noted the time. I said, how odd of a thing to happen. What I didn't know at the time was that an article went out from CNN. And that article's headline, Exasperation and Dysfunction, Inside Kamala Harris's Frustrating Start as Vice President. And that article went out on Sunday at 9.07 p.m., all of this being Eastern Time. 13 minutes after the CNN article goes up at CNN.com, there is the White House press secretary putting out this, this tweet to talk about how great the vice president is. So either they knew it was coming or they didn't and they had to start rallying immediately because they knew it was bad because the cat is out of the bag, not just with you, me, and we and Midwest Main Street. It's out of the bag all over the country. Kamala Harris is not a capable woman. There are capable women. Kamala Harris is not one of these people. What a story. Exasperation and dysfunction. Which is exactly how you and I would describe it. Well, this piece from CNN, and give them credit for running it. I mean, they're already trying to... You, they, they've come to realize that Biden isn't all there, but he's sure is a, a heck of a lot better than, than Kamala Harris. I'm very, I'm very intrigued by all of this because I would have argued Biden would be in office for two years and one day, and then they'll move him out for Kamala. But I've also described that they're not fans of Kamala. They don't know what to do. They made the wrong selection. They don't have a succession plan, uh, a succession plan, I should say, in, in, in order, ready to go. They don't have it. Howard Kurtz over at Fox notes that with this piece, the response was calling CNN racist and sexist, to which I say to CNN, welcome to the club. Ain't it great? Oh, my God. Anytime you, you, you have something to say about the vice president that isn't perfect, you can call the racist and a sexist. Welcome to joining the rest of us in this insanity. From the woke folk, the woke folk who want to attack you every second of the day for not doing things exactly as they want to do. And I know what you're saying, CNN. Not even supposed to be here today. But here you are. I hope you enjoy the view. People calling the network racist and sexist. People are upset, saying that the story is racist and misogynistic. And if you allow it to go unchecked, you're failing her, President Biden, and this country at a time when Trump and Republicans are trying to burn this country to the ground. Which is funny. That's that's how a lot of us feel about them. The reason Kamala Harris is being attacked is because she is a black woman in high office. Sure. 
I was there on MSNBC. This was over a decade ago. And we were having a conversation about race. This conversation came up uh, about race, and it was about Barack Obama. And what you had were people who were just in every way, shape, or form. Everything was about race. You didn't like Barack Obama. You were a racist. This was, hold on, let me, let me, let me see. This was, yeah, 2011. So this was over 10 years ago. April 30th, 2011 is when this happened. Me and Contessa Brewer. It's not a laughing matter. They say that there are questions about him, not because there really are questions about where he's born, but because he's black. But this whole idea of race, you know what? If, if there are birthers and they're all crazy and silly for actually wanting to see a birth certificate, well, let's talk about the racers, the people who believe that everything's a conspiracy about race. It's Obama's race that people want to see the birth certificate. It's Obama's race that people don't like the out-of-control spending. It's not his race. It's that he's awful. The policies are terrible. Obamacare is a lie and but, a failure. Uh, Tony, you know, QE1 there are, there are a lot of didn't people. Work. There were a it's, lot of people who crazy. took that very exact same stand when George W. Bush was president. They said the exact same words that you're saying about they, President Bush, and they, they never demanded. Wait, wait, wait. And they never demanded to see a birth certificate. They didn't say it was race. Everything that comes out of the racers, and they exist in the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, some people at your, at your very network, and you know I enjoy having these conversations with you. They are so focused. Everything is about race. It's not about race. When we talk about Obama and the policies, it's about the awful policies. It's about the inability to bring down debt. It's about the inability to tackle the deficit. And when everybody says, oh, they're just after this because of race, it is is a nonsense. It's a way to stop people from having conversation. Political correctness at its worst. If we want to talk about the issues, let's talk about but, the issues. I was young. <laughs> that, that was like, that was really the start of my, that was the start of my career. 2010, 2011. But it's it, it hasn't changed in a decade. Has not changed in a decade, this reality that anytime you say something, oh, if they're black, oh, well, then it's got to be about race. Can't just be the fact that she's terrible. And she is. She is absolutely terrible. And I know this because other people at CNN are noticing as well. Can't she just be bad at what she does? Can't she simply be bad at what she does? which is, well, everything except Willie Brown. I'm sticking with the Willie Brown jokes, guys. There, I've got a million of them, and I'm sticking with them, and I'm willing to take on all comers on that, like Willie Brown. Oh, my Lord, Tony. But there is something else going on with Kamala Harris, and it's a very interesting rumor. Rumor is that President Biden is considering when there's an opening on the Supreme Court nominating Kamala Harris. 
Now, Kamala Harris, the former attorney general of California, to that extent, they would some people would say that she's qualified. There is the rumor. Oh, do I, do I have to hit that again? Okay, I'm sorry. There you go. There's the rumor that in order to secure the uh, blessing of of Jim Clyburn, the congressman from South Carolina, Joe Biden had to promise that whomever uh, should should resign or pass away on, on the court, his first pick would be a black woman. Bob Woodward reported that, yeah. Was that Woodward who reported that? Yeah. So it, let let's let's assume that that's true, and and I I think that if if you're really honest with yourself and you take a look at what what kind of deal making gets made in politics to create friends and bedfellows, it's absolutely possible. I think it's more than likely accurate, right? I I and I think all right, people could after after a minute of digesting that could be like, all right, that's totally possible. Yeah, I I could buy into that for for the sake of any other conversation, I could totally buy into that. I'm willing to bet you all the money in my pocket versus all the money in your pocket, Jim Clyburn didn't mean Kamala Harris. But is Kamala Harris so bad that the thing you have to do to save face is put her on the Supreme Court? Is this their dream to replace Clarence Thomas with Kamala Harris? It's strange stuff. And do I believe the rumor? No. What, what I believe is somebody once said it, and it became a rumor. God, what are we going to do about Kamala Harris? Just put her on the court. <laughs> Someone passed me another beer. And that was it. Like that, 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 That's what I think happened. That's how I think that rumor got started. What isn't a rumor is that Kamala Harris is bad at her job. Kamala Harris is not capable. Kamala Harris is not likable. Kamala Harris is constant dysfunction. Now, there is something else, and I will give Howard Kurtz credit for making note of this right away in his piece, is that the people around her are extremely upset. Many in the vice president's circle fume that she's not being adequately prepared or positioned and instead is being sidelined. Positioned for what? Prepared for what? She ran for president of the United States telling us that she was prepared. Now they're fuming that she's not being adequately prepared. I don't understand. Prepared for what? Positioned for what? 2024? 2023, January 21st? I don't know what we're supposed to be positioning her for. I don't know what they're getting at. I'm not quite sure why that would be the statement that they make. What I know for sure is that she is not doing well. She's just not doing well. And it's why a lot of people are talking about the fact that, you know, Pete Buttigieg is going to be the heir apparent. I'm not buying into that one either because I don't think Pete Buttigieg is doing so well. I think this paternity thing hurt him far worse than people are willing to admit. Now, is it overcomable? Well, it's politics, guys. It's all overcomable. And the Democratic Party has no bench. So certainly, as they play their identity politics of Palooza, will gay man override black woman? I don't, I don't honestly don't know. 
I, I don't know how that works. I don't know what the hierarchy is. Does a straight beat a flush beats me? I don't I, I, I have no clue how they do it. But I, I think that they are a, a, a party in terms of the leadership in, in disarray because they don't have an heir apparent. And also, clearly, they don't have an apparent. Because as much as we could say that Kamala Harris is not doing well, you got to also admit how poorly Joe Biden is doing. But the rumor mill is out there. And of course, the people are out there who want to tell you that if you say anything bad about Kamala Harris, you're a sexist and a racist. Let them talk. Your job is to be honest. Kamala Harris can't do this job. She's trying and she's failing. And everywhere she goes, she embarrasses herself and the nation. Just the facts, baby. Just the facts. I'm Tony Katz. Republican Party wants to decriminalize marijuana. And you know I uh, you know I'm down with that. Tony Katz. Kosher Tony Kush. Katz today. So good to be with you. What was that producer Ari? Kosher Kush. Kosher Kush, that that is mine. That the minute it is legal in, in Indiana, that's 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 where I'm going. That is absolutely where I'm going, and and they're now talking about it in in Indiana. It's so funny the the Democratic Party in Indiana sent out this whole missive. We want to legalize cannabis, and we're going to push the governor Eric Holcomb to get off uh, being anti cannabis. Or and if not, we're going to use this to run against all Republicans in 2022. Dude, there have been Republicans in Indiana pushing for legalizing marijuana for years now. Democrats are way behind the times. And now you've got Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina introducing a bill that would decriminalize and tax marijuana. It's the State's Reform Act is what they call it. Release and expunge the records of people convicted of nonviolent cannabis-only related offensive and implement a 3% tax on cannabis products to fund law enforcement, small business, and veterans' mental health initiatives. I like that. Oh, that's so good. Too bad for the Indiana Democratic Party. I mean, they got hosed, but, you know, it, it's like it's like the Democratic Party in your state. They're just they're not necessarily capable. Maybe they are, maybe in your state they are. They're just not here. That's that much is is for sure. Meanwhile, a retail sales report is out. What does this mean for the holiday shopping season? You're going to buy national, you're going to buy local. Ted Rossman from bankrate.com going to break this down with us. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today. The Dow is up over 200. NASDAQ up over 100. And as is being reported, retail sales have increased. Now, this is a lot of what politically people are hoping for, that the retail sales number will be so big that somehow inflation will just disappear, but it doesn't seem that's the way it's going to play out as more spending moves its way in. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today, always a pleasure. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at uh, TonyKatz.com. 
Ted Rossman joins us right now. He is with Bankrate.com, senior industry analyst at Bankrate and at creditcards.com. He's been looking at the October retail sales report that was just released. So the data is just out there. And before we get into any level of, of inflation conversation, uh, let's take a look at what it is that we're seeing. When we see better than expected retail sales, what does that mean, comparatively speaking, and where are those retail sales coming from? Definitely a really strong month here, up 1.7% month over month, but a much more impressive 16.3% year over year. There's really two main things driving this. You mentioned inflation, so we'll get into that. That was definitely part of it. The other thing was an early start to the holiday shopping season. We did a survey way back in August, and half of holiday shoppers told us they were going to start Christmas shopping before November 1st. And that does seem to have played out. E-commerce shops like Amazon were the biggest gainer in this report. Now, second was gas stations. And I think that is largely an inflation story. Third were electronics and appliance stores. And while there is certainly some inflation going on there as well, I actually tend to view that as more of a holiday story and an interesting one because we keep hearing about all these shortages. But I guess people found a lot of electronics and appliances to buy in October. So overall, this is a positive report. When we look at, for example, an appliance number, that, that's more of a necessity buy than a, than a luxury buy. And it's very possible, as, as I take a look at, at buying patterns, that people were buying now for fear that there may not be something to buy six months from now. Was there anything in this report that talked about people, as you talk about during the Christmas shopping, early, and we already saw that, that Target and Walmart were doing early Black Friday sales at, at the start of November, things like that. Have people been out there buying early for fear that there'll be nothing left to buy or their purchasing power will be less later on in, in this year or into 2022? You know, it'll be interesting to track. People are worried about it, for sure. We see these consumer confidence numbers from the University of Michigan and from the conference board. And consumer confidence has been really bad now for several months in a row. In fact, recently hitting a 10-year low. And the main thing that people say they're worried about is inflation. So there may be some of this feedback loop, as you said, about people maybe feeling like, oh, I've got to get it now because it's going to cost more tomorrow. Uh, We also have higher wages involved in this for better and for worse. I mean, as workers, we like higher wages. But then when companies have to raise prices because they're paying their workers more, we don't really like that as consumers. So these things are all linked. Um, But I think it is more than just inflation driving these results. I think there's also ample evidence that people still have some excess savings to spend. They're not necessarily going into debt to fund these purchases. Credit card debt is actually still 13% lower than it was at the end of 2019, according to the New York Fed. You know, people's home values are up. Home Depot announced really strong earnings earlier today. So I think that that factors into it, uh, certainly relevant to the discussion about appliances and home improvements. And um, I I think there's really a lot going on here. And I think that there's kind of something for everybody. There's um, there's some stuff to be worried about. There's some stuff to be encouraged by. Um, But overall for the economy, I think it's mostly good news. Talking to Ted Rossman, Senior Industry Analyst at Bankrate.com. I like good news. 
And what I want is good news. But we took that inflation conversation, we put it to the side, let it let us bring it back. It's kind of hard to have a good news story on the economy when we see this inflationary pressure rising and we certainly see this conversation about supply chains happening. The early shopping is if if people have the dollars because they saved the dollars during COVID, I think that's excellent. But taking these two things into account, are we going to see retail sales dry up as we hit December, or do they have enough stock in the categories at least you look at to keep them going and flowing and make it a worthwhile holiday season? That's the million-dollar question. Now, Walmart announced their earnings earlier today, and they were also positive. They were pretty upbeat on the supply chain situation. They've talked about some of the extraordinary measures they've taken and some of their large rivals, too, like Target and Amazon. They've gone to great expense to charter their own freighters and make sure that they can get products in. That may factor into higher prices because they had to spend more to do that. I think it's one of these things where it's not like we're not going to have anything to put under the tree this year. I mean, it's not that kind of shortage, but there is a lot of demand for hot items. Video game consoles are really hard to find. Certain toys and clothing items Adobe recently found that about 2% of online product listings are out of stock. 2% doesn't sound like that much, although it is up threefold from pre-COVID. So I think this is another it depends kind of thing. Overall, I think we are largely adjusting to the supply chain issue. Uh, One more thing is I would suggest that the more of the strong data that comes out, it, it may even be better to look at this as a demand on steroids kind of thing, as opposed to a supply shortage. I think demand is just so strong right now that it is outpacing some of the supply. As the economists we talk to very often discuss, inflation is you have too much cash and not enough stuff. Uh, So if demand is high and the cash is getting out there, but there's not enough stuff to buy, you still have the same problem, which now leads us to after the holidays, right? Everyone will talk about it's a great holiday season. Let's say that it is, and I'm only hoping it is also so uh, for for the local businesses as well. What is the take for what things look like in that first quarter, second quarter of 2022? Can sales for those quarters achieve pace that will bring us into positive territory? I continue to be surprised at the strength of this consumer spending. I really thought at this stage of the pandemic, we would have seen more of a shift from goods to services. Sales of goods actually held up remarkably well in 2020 and early 21, and it's really just continued. Services obviously were what was down last year, but now people are traveling again, they're going out to eat, they're going to stadiums, and yet this increased services spending is really matched by still strong, good spending. So I'm kind of hesitant to say that this will fade anytime soon. I think that some of these at-home trends remain strong, even if people are getting back to travel and back to the office. There's a lot of evidence from this report and the Home Depot earnings that you know people are still buying homes, improving homes, buying furniture, electronics, appliances. It definitely feels that that trend still has some more room to run. Todd, I'm sorry, Todd, Ted Rossman, R-O-S-S-M-A-N at bankrate.com. I appreciate you taking uh, the time to be with us, Ted. Thank you. Look, I, I never deny reality. 
I never, ever pretend that something has to happen my way in order for it to be true. If we're seeing an increase in demand, that's great. If we're seeing the sales get made, uh, that's great. I pair what, what Ted just said with the story at CNBC. Retail sales rise faster than expected in October, even as inflation pushes prices higher. The thing that we didn't get into, and the thing that'll be something to watch, will be what happens... W- I shouldn't say what happens. Where is the magic number? What is the number whereas the inflation paces up where people say, nope, no longer worth it. The value is still gone. I, I, I believe that I am correct, that my analysis is correct, that the reason you would see an increase in, for example, appliances is because people were able to save and they said, we're buying the new oven now. It might be able to last another six months, another year, but there may not be an oven. So let's get it now. And you know what? We can afford a little bit more of an oven. After all, we're spending a lot more time at home, a lot more cooking at home. Boom. We're not going to get the $642 oven. We're going to get the $953 oven that's got the extra special doodad and the thing and the Wi-Fi and the whatnot. Because it's clear you have to set your oven before you get home because you're an insane person. You see, when there's Wi-Fi availability and I can work my grill from my phone, I get that. I get that because you might be working a brisket. And you just want to keep an eye on things. But your oven? Stop it. You're crazy. If, you're, if you think your washing machine needs to be on Wi-Fi, you're out of your skull. But I do believe that people said, let's buy a little bit more. Let's buy a little bit bigger. Let's buy it now because it won't be around then. I purchased the car. Now, I didn't get what I wanted. I made some changes. I wanted a classic. I think you all know that. I still desire a classic. And I looked at Porsche. I looked at a whole series of things and said, you know what? Not me. Test drove a Mustang. It was, it was actually an EcoBoost Mustang. I got to admit, it's super impressive. It sloped down a little too much. It wasn't for me. I looked at a Dodge Challenger, looked at the GT. I'm cold weather. I, one, of the, one of the things that I decided was that I need something that's all-wheel drive so everybody in my family can drive it just in case. I'm not at the place yet where I can just, you know, get the classic, you know, the 66 Lincoln Continental with the suicide doors, convertible, and just put it in the garage and be good. That, that, that's, I'm not there yet. I want to be. In my head, I'm there. In my soul, I'm there. But uh, but I, I I know economically it, it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Economically, I I should not have done it. So I I I I made some changes. I made some tweaks. I made some compromises. Still did. Still I think made out very very well and may have sent myself down a path of something I may never be able to come back from. I'll get into that another day. But I bought the car now. Didn't really need it until next May. Didn't need it with, with the kid driving everything else till next May. I wasn't sure what was going to be on the market. I said, I can do this now. What's the worst that happened? I bought early. I'm going to make the payments anyway, or I'm going to pay the cash anyway. I'll do it now. So I did. You think I'm alone in that? Hold on. A- I- am I alone in that? On Twitter at Tony Katz. No way. And I think that's a little bit of what we're seeing. But there's got to come a moment where the inflation number, meaning the valuelessness of the cash, as the inflation goes up, the cash has less value. People say, you know what? No. 
Nah, you know what? Get let's let's go to Home Depot. Get me some duct tape. I'll make this work for another two years. Get us some Flex Seal and 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 some duct tape, and we'll get a little we'll get a little tin foil. We'll be totally good. That's where I'm at. If Ted's right, and we're gonna have a great sales season. Terrific. If the demand is out there, I have no problem with it. It's hard to have demand when there are enough things to get. If he wants to say that they're still doing well with stock, that's fantastic. Fantastic. I don't know how much I believe that. I, the believing will be in the seeing. Let's see how the next couple weeks go. I'm Tony Katz. So the Green Bay Packers are offering me a chance to buy some shares. It's a good deal. I can own the Green Bay Packers. What's weird is it came in an email from a Nigerian prince. Whoa, dude. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. Understand that when you become a, an owner of the Green Bay Packers, it has absolutely no value and doesn't pay a dividend. And you also don't get a say in the team. Well, to say it doesn't have any value is insincere. Uh, being not from Wisconsin, it has absolutely no value whatsoever. Being from Wisconsin, it gives you some attachment to the team and you feel like you're really a part of things and you personally are advising Aaron Rodgers all the way to an NFC championship that he loses. Oh my God, that that's that's a you know that was pretty funny. There are five million shares of stock held by three hundred and sixty one thousand stockholders. They receive no dividend, and uh, they articles of incorporation prohibit any one person from owning more than two hundred thousand shares. It I don't know if this is the only team in the NFL. They have no owner. They they this is the, the only team in professional sports. Is is it the, is that it? So there is no owner. It's 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 there's a president of the of the team, but that's that's and then there's a board. There's like a forty two person board. Correct. And that's and that's it. That's how they function. That's how they run. It's it's pretty it's pretty strange. It's pretty peculiar. Uh, I I will not be purchasing. How much? Wait. How much is a is a share? Three hundred bucks. Three hundred bucks. Depends on what you want. Well, if you to buy a share, um, it's three hundred dollars. And I just want you to know, producer Ari, that you will not even be getting that for Hanukkah. Uh, for for reference, I want you to call me owner Ari because I'm already an owner. You you have shares. I was given to them when I was born. Yes. Oh, okay. Because because you, you're from Wisconsin, and a, that's the rule. It's a very typical like when you have a kid, you get your kid a share of the Packers. But this was back when it was available. They've been available for twenty years. Right. If I could have got, if my parents could have got me a share in Katz's Deli, I'd be very excited. Yeah. If it, very. <laughs> that'd have been great. Over, uh, just thrilled. That or Russ and daughters. Oh, good lord. All right, those are two reasons to actually travel back to New York. But I, I got asked the other day, when am I coming back east? I'm like, I'm not. I am not. If I planned a trip uh, back to New York or D.C., I'd be doing a couple of Fox hits. I'd be doing this thing. I'd be doing that thing. Why? Why? New York is fun. New York, dude, I don't need to be told. Settle your face. I am saying it is absolutely unsafe. It is not the place uh, with the, in, the, in the shadow of which I grew up. It's not the place that I used to take my family just a few years ago. It's not the place where my wife and I have walked a thousand miles. Not because of COVID, right? 
No, because of the <laughs> I was just messing. Because of the radicalness of policy, because they've just given up on the idea of I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. They've totally given up the ghost. And now it's just it's it's flat out dangerous. It's it's David Dinkins dangerous. Why am I going? What do I gain? What do I win? It doesn't stop me from doing anything. I, let me let me tell you. I I I, I do, I will miss being able to go. There are some experiences that can't be had anyplace else, but there are so many experiences that can be had better so many other places that I'll just learn to get by. It's not permanent. Um, I haven't seen where it's not permanent. I have, I have not seen, you go from de Blasio, you think I'm going to have faith in Eric Adams as the, uh, as the mayor-elect. Let's see what this guy does. I'm not so sure it isn't permanent. Now, there's so much money, there's so much investment that they're able to hang on. But it just gets worse and worse for people who just want to enjoy what the city has to offer. Too much progressivism, too much radicalism. I feel this way about Chicago, too. Luckily, I've got still a lot of places, a lot of cities, a lot of things where normal still reigns supreme. Meanwhile, the border continues to be a problem. What did Mayorkas say to the Senate? That's coming up next.